You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Ladies, I have a hot button and I can't keep quiet on this one. It bothers me to my core. No apologies for this whatsoever. It's really, really bothering me about Michigan's Proposal 3. I'm not super brilliant when it comes to these proposals because the wording on these things can be very confusing and I'm really trying to understand. But what I am getting from this is it deals with abortion and it deals with women's rights for abortions and other things. It deals with so much um, regarding those that will be allowed to have abortions without parental consent, which just enrages me. And I, I guess I'll start there because the thought of teenagers, young girls seeking out abortions without parental consent is not only devastating, but it has, I mean, it has lifelong consequences as it is, but to think that at that, at the young age, let's say, let's even say 12 or 13 to 20, if you don't have a support system in your life, that can just be completely devastating and of the truest meaning of devastating. I cannot imagine a system that allows for you to intentionally cover something like that up, keep it from your parents or, or whoever is your guardian. And then you just go about life. So we're, that's encouraging these young people to deal with this on your own. I, I can't even fathom that. I can't, I can't imagine the logic behind doctors and doctor's offices looking at a 13, 14, 15, even a 17-year-old coming in saying, nope, I, my parents don't know, so-and-so doesn't, nobody knows, I want this quiet, I don't want anybody else to deal with it. And it's a terrifying, an absolutely terrifying thought. It isn't just, well, I'm going to go in because I got to get a tooth pulled. They have no idea, no clue um, what happens physically and what happens emotionally. Besides that aspect of this proposal, it deals with just the, the basics of abortion and how many weeks you can go before they say, nope, it's gone too far. In this proposal, though they have stated that they're unclear, the proposal actually states it's yet to be determined and it will be determined by law at the time only at the time, they can't put it in writing, but only at the time of the abortion. If you're 16 weeks, if you're 20 weeks, if you are at the point of delivery, they can abort. And then they say in parentheses, at that point, if it's a matter of the mother's life or not. So the wording is very murky, very gray, very confusing. 
And my concern is that they're going to look at this proposal and see abortions are back. I'm good to go and not read anything else that this involves. And it just opens up. It is a Pandora's box that is tragic and dangerous. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Becky. Um, the, the current law in Michigan says that abortion is legal prior to fetal viability. And after viability, an abortion can only be performed to pre preserve the life of the mother. So what they want to do now is that they want the state to be able to regulate abortion after fetal viability, except that the state could not ban the use of abortion to protect the life or physical or mental health of the pregnant individual as determined by their physician. So when, when you really look at what this law does, I mean, right now they have a reasonable law actually in Michigan, okay? Uh, you can't abort after fetal viability. I actually don't even think that that's reasonable, but they do. Right, right. And having uh, had a number of children myself and having just had a new grandbaby in the last uh, very short time, these are little people. These, these, even when they're not viable outside the womb, they are a separate living human being. They are completely fully formed. And, you know, just recently, and I, I, I'm not sure if we talked about this or not, so I'll mention it. Um, there was a, a woman who who had a miscarriage and on Twitter, she posted a picture of her holding that little baby and it was 14 weeks, certainly not viable, perfectly formed human being, little hands, little feet, little eyes, ears, everything perfect, a perfect individual at 14 weeks. And she had the little tiny hand, you know, kind of holding her hand. And how, how do you say that you are going to rip this little person limb from limb and tell me that it doesn't hurt them and it's just a bunch of cells? I just can't see it. And what Gretchen Whitmer has been accused of is that she, she is for, and I don't know if she is or not, I'm just saying she was on some TV show and it sounded like what she was saying was, you know, that, that even to the point of, um, you know, at birth. So, so there are people in our country who, who not only want you to be able to abort your child at six weeks, at 15 weeks, at six months, at nine months, abort that, that person. And then even those that after the baby is born and still in the delivery room, they want to be able to decide if, um, should we keep this one or not? You know, I just, I just think this is horrific. And for the women who continue to say, and the men who continue to say that this is about a woman's body. No, I'm sorry. It's not. That person is an individual person. And viable or not, we all were there at one time, right? We all were there. And, and how dare you assume that it's okay to take the life of that individual person? I, I, just, I just can't see it. It's just, it's abhorrent to me that we are in this position in society 
that we can look at that, especially we as women, as women who are supposed to be the protectors of the children, who are supposed to be the, 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 the nurturers of children, that we could just look at this as something that that's about their body, the, the, the level of selfishness and self-importance is just horrifying to me. Did I say enough there, Judy? I don't know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, um, you said it, it's, it's really, um, it's very narcissistic. Uh, so the, I, a couple of lines in that proposal stuck out for me. One of them is a woman's reproductive rights and that this, this proposal is going to be, is designed to protect a woman's reproductive rights. And what, what I do, don't understand is why are they saying that a woman's reproductive rights uh, are, is more important than a human being's life? than allowing a human being to actually live. So I just, I'm, I'm really, I, I don't understand. I I'm trying, I I'm trying to understand why they would believe that that would trump uh, a human being being, you know, ha being able to live their life. So it's murdering somebody else. It's taking somebody else's life so that you can personally decide if you want to be a mom or not. So you're not um, inconvenienced. You're not inconvenienced. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, um, I also, I don't, I, 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 it just seems so crazy to me um, that they would allow a fully formed human being right up until the moment of birth when they are viable to, um, to be murdered. I just, I don't, I don't understand that. Uh, you can't convince me that that's okay. Um, the other line that really bothers me is, is the whole, um, you know, parental rights, negating, um, the parental rights, uh, and allowing a 12, 11, 12, 13 year old girl, to um, make a decision to get an abortion without notifying her parents. Okay, let's let's just look at this for a minute. Okay, so in that case, when there's an 11 year old girl, let's say, okay, a 12 year old, a 13 year old, 14, 15, these girls are underage. Okay. And someone has had sex with these children. Okay. And as a mom, as a mother, my baby has been, I mean, honestly, sexually molested. And as a mother, I need to be there for my child. I need to know what's going on. I need to know because I have to protect her to get her counseling, to get her therapy, to understand who, who has had sex with my child. Right. And there's no way at this age that it's going to be consensual. They can say it's content consensual, but that is, it's not, they don't even know what they're saying yes to. They have no idea. 
And so and I just, I think our world is coming to a crazy, crazy end. Judy, the, the hypocrisy here is that they want to give you the right over your child that you're carrying, right? You have, you have the right, but you don't have the right over the child that you have already had who's 12 years old, who's now pregnant. What, I don't understand that. No. Yeah, you can have the right to kill them, but you can't have the right to protect them. Exactly. Okay. It, it, it makes no sense to me whatsoever, except it appears to be a complete attempt at destruction of the family. It's an attack on the family. Right. Because, because it gives authority to those not ready to have that kind of authority in any way, shape, or form. You, We all know, I, I'm assuming we all know that scientifically, biologically, the human brain, even at age 26, is not fully developed. And right. cognitively at age 20, you're not cognitively developed until age 26. And it used to be just not long ago, you had to have permission. You couldn't buy cigarettes at age 18. Mm -hmm. And, and, and yet now you can do have something as monumental as an abortion and not tell anybody. And as you mentioned, Judy, that just unravels the basic core of family relationships and leaves that child completely vulnerable to some serious mental issues mm -hmm. that will be with them the rest of their breathing lives. Yep. And well, especially no at the point in time when they get a little bit older and they realize what was done to that baby and what they allowed to happen to that baby. Um, and, and both of you ladies know that, that I lost two grandbabies, uh, twins at five and a half months, uh, about a year and a half ago. And, you know, I was able to hold those babies. They were alive. They were fully formed little people, um, had, you know, had heads of hair, had everything. How, how do you think about doing something to not just to murder them? That's bad enough, but to murder them in the horrific ways that they oh, do. I, yeah. I just, it's, it's just so horrible to me. And it's so sad to me, like you said, Becky, that, you know, that, that women who are supposed to be their nurturers have become so selfish and so self-absorbed as to, to not even think twice about this and to get out and march and, and say, you know, my, my body, my choice. Well, how about making that choice before you decide to, you know, hop in bed with somebody and get yourself pregnant when there are, are any number of ways to avoid becoming pregnant these days. This is not brain surgery stuff rather than murdering a child. There, there are so many other choices than that. This right? is my, this is my very naive question. Y'all. Yeah. Why are these women not on birth control? Now, and I, and that's a horrible right. thing to say, these women. I, and that's, I should take that back. Yeah. Why are there, why are there females 
not on birth control if you're having sex. It's inconvenient. Yeah, it's what is inconvenient about birth control? Whatever, whatever it is, whether it's um, being on birth control or not, or being on birth control and missing a pill, or um, being on an antibiotic and it negates your your pill. The, the, the deal is we all know, we all understand how you get pregnant. Okay. There's no big mystery about how we get pregnant, right? You have sex, a man and a woman have sex and you, and you you get pregnant. Okay. Now, so to sit there and whine, well, I didn't want to get pregnant. Well, why did you have sex then? You understand, you understood the risks. Everybody understands the risks, okay? And you can get pregnant, you can have a child. Um, so you decide up front. You decide up front. But you, Judy, you know as well as I do that those that in during those raging hormonal years. They don't have control. Is that what you're saying? Sometimes people don't have control. And you know what? I'm going to be painfully honest here. I remember moments like that. Well, me too. Gosh. I remember. However, but uh, however, however, (laughs) I, I think that there, there's something missing, fundamentally missing if we're not educating young women. I mean, we educate young people about so many things. Hygiene, you know, do you remember all those classes? Uh, and even about giving birth, all of those, all of us kids that didn't want to look at the screen when this woman was like, ah, push, just one more push, push. It's like, if that wasn't meant to just detract from, it's right. like, I'm never going to do that. That's horrible. Right. That's terrible. Stay away from me. It's like at the prom, there are no, no one's going to prom because everybody's terrified. So I remember that, but there's a, there's a disconnect somewhere and it might go back to the families where people aren't understanding young women, older women, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I go back to this, this example, because I can, I can't think of a better example. When you take a little seed, like a bean Mm -hmm. and you plant it in the ground what are you expecting to get? Right. You did that so you could get a bean. Right. You want, you know that if you do that, if you insert that bean into the mm-hmm. dirt, into the ground, yeah. you're going to get a bean plant that's going to produce a bean or two. And it's the same way. It's like, it's, yeah. it can be that simple. It's it like, is. you know what? If there's... You know, which leads me. I'm stopping myself from making that gesture. (laughs) Now, this is really interesting because you (laughs) use the analogy of a bean and um, our, so you know that we adopted our youngest daughter and uh, her name is Emma, but we call her the bean. There you go. We there call, you go. Oh, she's, she's our little bean. Yeah. And what's interesting. So the joy and the magnificence of her, um, how she has changed and altered our life is beyond. I, I can't even, I can't even put it into words that I couldn't take another breath. If, if, 
if I lost her. Um, Our family is forever changed and forever better because of her. Now, her mom very easily could have had an abortion. Um, And I am so grateful to God that she chose not to. Now, I don't want to share too much information, but, you know, Emma was born with some major challenges as a result. And her mom could have said, that's going to happen and uh, aborted her because she was afraid of how, what would, what would come, come to pass. And um, I can tell you that she's brilliant and beautiful and kind hearted. And I'm, I just thank God for her. I I'm I fear that this is going to pass in Michigan. You know, it's a sad day for all of us and for the unborn children. Mm-hmm. But you know, hopefully, people will take a look inside and, and make a different decision. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty. Sound off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpidone iodine-based nasal spray Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. Welcome back to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. I'm Judy Moran. Uh, From the 12-week year, I'm the Director of Client Relations uh, at our company called the 12-week year. Um, And I'm here with two of my besties, Linda Martinelli, who's a powerhouse, 
She owns her own business, her own company. She also has another show called Talking Wild Married with her husband, Ron Martinelli. Uh, pretty amazing show. Um, and she also is a fantastic mama and just became, um, well, she's been a grandma, but now again, she just became a brand new grandma. So we're congratulating her on that. <laughs> yeah. We're also here with my wonderful, great old friend. She's not old, but, but we've been, we've been together for a long time. <laughs> Becky Kominen. Uh, who also is an incredible voice talent. She owns her own business. Uh, we're all serial entrepreneurs. Um, <laughs> and she is a fantastic mama and hopefully not going to be a grandma for quite a while. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's wonderful though. I gotta tell you, I actually can't wait. I actually can't wait. <laughs> I know me too. I have to be careful and not say, okay, okay. I'm I, getting older. I know. <laughs> you know, okay. So I have to say for, for, for one evening, because they live literally down the street from me for one mm -hmm. evening, you know, I decided that I, I would stay home. My husband and I would stay home instead of going over and visit the new baby. And my daughter-in-law said, what are, are you like, are you over this or what? I mean, and I, so I said, Oh no, I'll, I'll be right over. <laughs> you know, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not tired of seeing the baby, but uh, sometimes the days are really long, you know, <laughs> but anyway, actually, I'm really glad that I ended up going because he was really alert that, you know, um, so Sometimes he's just asleep as new babies are, but, but yesterday was very alert. So yeah. I had lots of fun. Um, anyway, every time Gabby gets sick, I, I'm like, so oh, no. yeah. <laughs> well, what do you, you think? Someday we're just going to have to do a show to find my girl <laughs> and point me and get us moving in that direction. Are, I'm convinced there are no good young men out there anymore. So oh, I'm, yes, I'm going to have to pray this one in, <laughs> whoever he is, yeah. wherever he is. I've been praying for Justin. I swear his whole life. He didn't know it though. I didn't know who he was. So I've been praying well, I just, for him. I figure God is, must not be done with whoever he is That's and right. not That's done with right. her either. So yeah the right time but it I think what time. we need to work on is my patience <laughs> oh boy I know I know and, and and God will have his way there don't worry I know that's you what know? I'm scared. <laughs> don't so, pray for patience don't pray yeah. for patience yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so have you girls um heard the news about Tulsi Gabbard yes I am very excited I I want to say I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised. Um, I've been, it was interesting. I, I slowly have been, um, you know, listening to her and reading uh, what she's written. Um, and she keeps making more and more sense to me. And and uh, I remember she ran um, on the Democratic ticket in 2020 um, and she was a Democrat, you know, obviously she was a Democrat at the time and she actually has been a Democrat her whole life. 
She is uh, amazing, though. And she uh, had an announcement and she said that she's leaving the Democratic Party. And uh, it, here, this is what she had to say. She said, I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that is under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism. Um, and that, ama that is amazing to me. I, I sit and I, I think she, that's exactly what I pray for, right? Because I look around and I think, oh my gosh, it's like the United States of America is going to hell in a handbasket. Inflation is so high. It is so, so high. It's so difficult for families just to put food on the table, to put gas in their car just to get to work or to get their kids to school. Um, I mean, basically, their their um, wages have been cut in half, and they are supposed to um, raise their families with so much less. Then you look at um, how we stand on the world stage. We are laughed at at this point. When you look at our president, it, even SNL, okay, even Saturday Night Live is making fun of our president and how um, really inept he is and how um, really mentally incapable he is. Um, there, there are so many, so many things that are wrong um, in America right now that can be changed. And um, I look at where we're obviously we were just talking about the whole abortion issue and um, how, you know, how you've got the, the elitist left saying that you can abort children up until, you know, the day before they're born or the day that they're supposed to be born. Um, you can murder them. And that, and then we're, we're saying that men are women and women are men and that we, we have to, um, speak to them and call them by their right pronouns. This is just craziness. This is just craziness. So I wonder, you know, how can, uh, there's many people that I love that uh, claim to be Democrats and I love them and I respect them. And, and I think that they're intelligent people. Um, and yet we just stay away from all conversations regarding any of these issues. And I, I wonder how, how could I sit down with somebody that I love who has these beliefs and change their mind? How did, how did Tulsi Gabbard change her mind? How did that come about? Because I think, you know, who did she talk to? I mean, obviously she's so intelligent and I would pray that, that people would wake up and look around and say, you know, um, this is craziness. This is, you know, the, the, the way that, 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 um, America is headed right now. Um, and the fact that we don't support our police, that, 
you have these beautiful cities like Portland and Chicago um, and, and New York, and San Francisco. My favorite city ever, San Francisco, is so sad. It's just a shell of itself. And that children can't walk to school without being um, assaulted by the homeless and drugs and needles. And it's just, I just, I, I, I don't know how they can think that this is the right direction. But yeah, and I, I think that's the answer, Judy. I think yeah. I think that the answer to your question as to who she talked to is she talked to herself, and because she's a bright woman, and when she was running for president, out of all the people standing on the stage, she was not one of the crazies, and she wasn't one of the the way over the the top people, um, but I, I think that anybody, regardless of political party needs to be looking at what's going on in the country. And if you're a Democrat and you want to just, you know, stand there and drink the Kool-Aid and not pay attention to what's going on, I don't know how you can anymore. I don't, I don't know how, how you, um, I mean, you can't escape because you're a Democrat that, that your gas prices are higher or your food bills are higher or your income is lower or, uh, people are not working or or there are millions of immigrants coming over the border. You can't escape any of this any better than a Republican can. So it's time to put down those uh, partisan hats and just look at look at your life. Look at are you better off than when Donald Trump was in office? And I, I, the vitriol towards Donald Trump is always a mystery to me. I, I get that he's bombastic. Okay, the fact is that he did a lot of good things for the country. And the people that want to deny that just really make me mad because it's just not reality. So if we are honest with ourselves, and you can be honest with yourself in the privacy of your own home and your own bedroom, and nobody has to know, but be honest with yourself that this guy is not a good president for this country. I mean, everything that could go wrong is going wrong to the point where he's talking about nuclear Armageddon for all of us, for heaven's sakes. So what, what do you need to do? And what Tulsi Gabbard did is she just said, I can't be part of this. You know, I'm not saying I'm going to be part of that, but I'm not going to be part of this. Mm -hmm. Kudos Tulsi. Woo! I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as you mentioned, Linda, it's pretty tough to look at what's happening in society and not see the forest for the trees. Um, some, some things are just so blatant. But if you don't have, if you're not rooted in certain beliefs, I don't think you're going to see it. I, I do think that there is a consensus out there in, we'll just say American society, because I can't speak for the world, that there are people that are choosing to follow their own desires and whatever feels good, whatever works. Right. And, and, and regardless of, of what is right there in front of them, you, they can 
it is amazing. Just like the, the just like the abortion issue, you can actually ignore it if you don't have eyes. If you don't have eyes to see it, you can actually tune it out and say it's okay. And there's there is something to be said for the weight of societal pressure on particular minds. And I give her a lot of credit that she at some point has really taken, taken a good long, hard look at this and something has awakened her to, to realities, to these harsh realities. In, in one of the articles that I read, I mean, she's up against a lot to think about somebody leaving the Democratic Party. And as you mentioned, Linda, she's not saying where she's going, but just to leave it. It's sort of like you're you're leaving the good old boys club. You're leaving the fraternity. You're getting out. You've been part of this nucleus, but you've decided to do something else. You're going to haters going to hate. You're going to get some haters. Boy, and, and their so haters came out, didn't they? They did. So this says when Gabbard was running for president, Hillary Clinton suggested in an interview that she was being groomed to run as a third party candidate and was a favorite of the Russians. <laughs> oh, Hillary just loves the Russians. She loves to blame the Russians for everything. So Clinton suggested that the person she was talking about was a Russian asset. Well, not naming the Hawaii Democrat. I mean, let's, and you know, instead of throwing people to the lines, let's throw them to the Russians. That's right. Not... Exactly. But now yeah. that she's leaving the party, they're, they're saying terrible things about her. I mean, that, and this, this is the party of, I, I don't know, just not nice behavior. Um, that it's, it's, They're touted to nice. be touted, but Biden has Fine. touted this as being a unifying time. This no. president, is unifying that's what i'm here to do is to oh, unify. Not a, yeah, right. yeah that ain't happening <laughs> so this is what's interesting to me so my question back to my original question you know can we actually talk can we actually have conversations and what i find interesting though is that the democrat party many of the governor's races um, like, for instance, our own governor's race here in Arizona, you've got Carrie Lake and you have Katie Hobbs, who is currently our governor. And Katie Hobbs will not debate Carrie Lake. <laughs> she won't even have a conversation with her. She won't allow her constituents see her actually debate her opponent so that you know, we could actually see the differences between the two and how they, they have, you know, how they answer the same question. And if we don't communicate, if we stop talking, if we stop communicating, I feel like all is lost. I really I, do. I agree. She, uh, she, she is Katie Hobbs is the secretary of state, not the governor. Oh, I'm sorry. She's the secretary of state, but she's running for governor. She's running for governor. Yeah. Right. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, she's the Secretary of State and uh, and she's running for governor and she will not, she won't uh, get in any discussions. No, but you know, uh, it, my quick opinion is that 
it's really a difficult time for Democrats and Republicans to have a discussion together and try to change each other's mind because there's so much animosity and we're so far apart anymore. We're just so far apart. Um, I, I don't think I would even honestly want to engage in it unless somebody really wanted to have a, a reasonable conversation. Right. It's, but maybe we need to, we need to be that. That's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we are. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. So I told you ladies that I just had a grandbaby. I'm in love. I'm in heaven. I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Um, love him and give him back. <laughs> um, but you know, it kind of drove me to do some things on my own this past weekend. I went out in the garage and I have thousands of pictures of all of my kids who are all adults now. And I thought, you know, it, it bothers me. And it's on my mind from time to time that I don't want my kids to have to go through all my junk at the time that I'm gone. It really bothers me. And there are things that since my kids are grown, I don't need to be hanging on to anymore. So I went out to the garage and I went into one of my boxes of photos and I went through all of them. I still probably have thousands more, but I, I did a whole box and I split them up. So the, the ones that were of uh, our daughter went in one pile, the ones that were of one son went in another pile, the ones were another son went in another pile and the ones that were in another son went in another pile. And I, I, I divvied them up as best I could. If they were all in a picture, which often happen, I gave some to this one and some to that one. And um, and I and I emptied that box and it took me all day. It was a lot of pictures. And and then I gave them each their box. And I said, here you go. This and and you know, it was interesting because I I did go over to see the new grandbaby that evening, and I brought my son the box. And he and his wife had more fun going through those pictures, especially at that time when they had a baby. Does the baby look like him? Nope, not at all. <laughs> um, looks more like her, actually. But, you know, th they had a lot of fun with that. So I 
it was kind of heartwarming, but I just felt so good after doing that. And I realized that I have so much more to do because I don't want to burden them with all my junk that I collect up. And just um, on another note, I have been very blessed in business and I have literally walls of awards, walls of awards. And I took them down recently at my, my offices because we're moving the offices and we're, we're painting. So we I took them all down and I put them in box after box after box and they're heavy and they're big. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do with these? I mean, I have nowhere in my house to put them and we're, we're moving the office into another place. I really don't want to put them all back up on the wall. So what do you do with these things? I, I don't, I don't expect that my kids would want them. I mean, you know, why would they? They they have their own accomplishments in life. They don't need to dwell on mine. What do you guys do with these things? And how do you feel about, you know, what I'm saying about just kind of cleaning out my stuff? I'm really thinking about throwing those awards away, even though my career is not over. Um, what I don't. I, I have some that I love that are really important to me, but the ones you get every year for this accomplishment or that accomplishment, I mean, how long do we need to keep these things and burden our kids with them when we're gone? I mean, I it's bothering me. That's an excellent, this is an excellent conversation. And I don't know that I'm the right person to talk to because I am not a keeper of things. I am the person that gets rid of as much as possible like well, I am too are you my okay? husband is the hoarder <laughs> oh isn't that funny that's the same with my husband and I don't keep he's even little pieces of wood in the garage and I'll just say what in the world do you want to keep that for there's just a bunch of little pieces of wood in this basket here and let's just when get you rid throw of it them. away do they take it out of the trash mine does oh sometimes <laughs> yeah like and I can tell you I finally got rid of a pair of rollerblades of his because at his age he should not be rollerblading <laughs> and he hadn't rollerbladed in 20 some years did as... he fight you on it oh yeah oh yeah it was just like don't get rid of those Wh why you're not going to rollerblade how dumb that would be to do that right now you haven't rollerbladed in 20 years and at this age you want to jeopardize work and everything else no mm -mm. those are, and I'm I'm practical, um, maybe boring, I don't know, but I I don't want to burden our daughter with anything. And I have to say, and I may have said this before, but my parents are doing, my parents are, one is 80, was 88 the other day, mm -hmm. and the other's 84, and they're doing phenomenal. They still drive over here. My dad has two volunteer jobs. Um, two or three, always on the go, always working still. They're doing great. But they have all of their funeral arrangements made. Everything is made. The headstone is already there. And we literally just have to show up if they're going to have a funeral. That's it. And I, I love that fact. We won't have to deal with a thing. Um, now, as far as the stuff in their house, um, I've already made it clear to them there's precious little that I want. My decorating style is not, nor has it ever been 
theirs. And I am all for, you know what, start giving that stuff away now so that you can enjoy watching maybe your grandkids enjoy those things. If it's a painting, if it's a piece of furniture, if it's old stuff of my brother's or mine, I don't need it, don't want it. And it, you know, you can all sum it up to, you can't take it with you. So pass it along to people who would enjoy it now. And you'll get some enjoyment out of watching them enjoy those things. You know, I, I got to tell you, my family on both sides were uh, crazy blessed, crazy, crazy blessed in that um, we have a motto and it's you use things and you love people. You don't use people and love things. Okay. And it was interesting because both uh, Brian's family and my family. So we've lost now all of our parents and all of our aunts and uncles of that generation. So now we're the oldest generation, Brian and I are in our whole family. And um, during that time, we cleaned out and gave away one, two, three, four, five homes, five homesteads. Okay. Uh, five lifetimes of things. Right. And what was so one of my best, most favorite memories was we took, um, it, it all started when my, my granny Rose passed away and I was, we were there in her condo and it's, we all, it's all girls, you know, we could only produce girls in our family for some reason, we keep luring the men in. Um, but we sat around and we went from oldest to youngest. And uh, we began with the oldest. And she, you know, Jackie stood up and she, you know, grabbed uh, a vase or something. And she said, I would like to have this. And the reason why I want to have it is because I have this, this certain memory. And all of us would go, yes, take it. And then the next, you know, the next granddaughter would stand up and choose something. And never once did anybody want the same thing, number one. But there were, weren't any arguments. There weren't any, uh, there was nothing difficult about it. But it, the memories that were shared were amazing. And we did the same thing with Brian's family. And it was funny because, um, not funny, sad, Brian's brother at the time had just gone through a divorce and he needed a lot of stuff. So all of us, like I caught, Pam would catch me putting more stuff in Michael's pile, right? <laughs> and I'd catch her putting more stuff in Michael's pile. But um, it was, there was something cathartic and wonderful about it. I'm going to tell you, Okay. So before you two start getting rid of every single little thing, what I want you to understand is that it was lovely and wonderful to hold um, Janet, my mother-in-law's um, Christmas ornaments in my, in my hand, you know, and say, I want this Christmas ornament because, you know, I remember it was the year I gave it to her or the year that Gabby was born or... And to, it was, it was healing. It's very healing. So 
Was I tired of cleaning out people's houses? Yes. <laughs> but the memories, um, I don't know. There's just something healing about, uh, about that. There really is. So don't, don't go through and, and get rid of everything quite oh, yet. I won't do that for sure. I won't do that. But, you know, I, I, I remember my mother asking all the girls, as we had um, four girls, and she asked the girls what their favorite gemstone was. And we all had a different one, oddly enough. And she asked us privately, so we didn't know. Yeah. And um and and when she passed, we each got what she had of those gemstones. But you know, the the things just like sitting in the garage, like all these photographs, that they, they they're it's their time to go yeah. to uh to their hands and they can decide if they don't want them, they can throw them away. But I can't. And yeah. and so I so I feel good about it. I feel like it's it's an overwhelming task with all the things that we collect as we um, raise families and, you know, we we get stuff, we get so much stuff. And, you know, you're building up all that stuff when you're younger, but when you get older, you're trying to get rid of that stuff and right. you're trying to simplify your life because the things that are important in life are, uh, right. to me, are, are more people and memories than stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so is, I, I just like, I like the thought of that. There is a time that, that you pass those things along and make them somebody else's. Problem. I think <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, um, Brian's mom, Janet did something very similar with her photos. Um, you know, what she did, well, I thought I loved it. She did the same exact thing that you did with, you know, putting the piles, but then she, she made these boxes and decorated them for Christmas. And on the front put a, you know, like the school photo, their kindergarten photo of, you know, Pam got her box for Christmas. Brian got his box for Christmas and Michael got his box for Christmas. And it was a really fun it was a really fun Christmas present for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, your, yeah. all of your awards, you could um, photograph them. That's what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to lay them out, photograph them and then say goodbye to them. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or reconstruct them, like reuse them, have family game night <laughs> and get, you get the certain award for oh, gee. <laughs> Well, these are more like heavy plaques that you hang on the wall. I just, there's yeah, just, yeah. you know, they, they're just so, I mean, literally take up, they took up four walls in my offices. Wow. I, I can't, I, I don't. You are a powerhouse. Want, I don't want to do that. You know, it, it, it was wonderful to receive them and it mm -hmm. still is, but um, I don't, I don't need those accolades anymore at this point. I think I've done the things that I wanted to do. And, and uh, I'm ready to at least let go of those physical parts of it. Yep. I think it's awesome. I just I really know do. that there are some things, there are very few things that have strong sentimental value when I think about 
the generations in my family. Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, we have a family Bible that is huge and heavy, and it goes back to my great, great, possibly three great grandmothers. And in it, um, there is an oak leaf. Mm -hmm. And there is a date from, I don't know, it's like 1860 something. And the oak leaf is still there and it looks just like it fell from the tree the other day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Actually, I posted it years ago because it was just so cool to see my great, great, possibly, I think, great grandmother's handwriting um, talking about this oak leaf and how beautiful it was. And they were also from Michigan. Mm. Um, And it that is not a plaque or a painting or a piece of furniture. But to me, there was so much more in it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the sentimental value of her writing is worth saving because I want our daughter to know family. Yeah. And thank the good Lord. She knows her grandparents. You know, I was privileged to know my grandparents and two great grandmothers and yes very very cool so the as the song goes the things of this earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace and i think that's really important because the more you know him the less the things of this world become important absolutely true Well, I'm going to keep cleaning stuff up as much as I can. Keep my husband's away from the trash can, his hands. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) See if I can, I can lighten the load around here. Um, Anyway, as always, a wonderful day talking to you ladies. Yes. It's it's always my favorite time of the week. All right. Happy grandma-ing. Yes. Thank you. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 